0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lauren Shanklin bags a late equaliser to give Scotland a point in Tbilisi. Steve Clark praises his players for keeping their cool right to the end and Scott McTominay brands the Georgian players a disgrace for their crybaby antics on the night. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans. Here's what we want now with regard to Scotland and Stevie Clark. We want George Bowie and Cassie to switch on the Christmas lights at George Square and then we want Stevie Clark and the players to switch off Norway at Hamden and then we want to go to Germany for the Euro finals and if we're still there on June 27 it will mean that for the first time ever a Scotland side has gone from the group stages to the knockout stages. And at that point, Jim, we phone the stonemasons and we get the big statue erected <laughs> to Stevie Clark outside Hamden. Yeah, well, that's all right. He'll be able to do it. And I still don't know if he'll manage to get a smile at him. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, he's he's done a terrific job. There's no there's no question about that. Um, as, as he mentioned there, Andrew, you know, right into the dying setting, similar to the Norway game, the manager made inspired substitutions that night, a similar one um, against Georgia with Lauren Shanklin coming on. I, I think the debate should be finished really regarding Lauren Shanklin. Yeah, we know that there's only 23 players, three of those will be goalkeepers, so 20 outfield players. Someone will have to be drop out of that squad who's maybe been an integral part. I'm afraid that's going to have to happen because I think he's the one natural striker we have I think he's got to go to Germany yeah whether it was you know what about the game last night the tactics the switch to the back four Lauren Shanklin the goalkeeper situation maybe you want to talk about Georgia's antics as well give us a call 0141 951 1025 this is also your last chance as well because we're not on tomorrow to build up to Sunday night's game at home to Norway so feel free to give us your thoughts on that as well or maybe you've still got some domestic things in mind at the moment we'd love to hear those as well the same number 0141-951-1025 or as always you can tweet us at Clyde SSB but last night's game was not short of talking points was it you? No um, first of all I think it was a, a decent result from a performance that took a while to get going but that's a decent result in Georgia where we've come to grief on more than one occasion and I think it just typifies the kind of group A that we have had and that's why I'd like the Hollywood finale against Norway. I think we've deserved it. We were under strength. We were by our own high standards, not at our best last night, but we got a point. Now we want, in front of a full house, the big finish. Yeah, there was just a luxury really about last night, Jim, wasn't there? Because there have been plenty of times when we've gone over to Georgia and it's been very sticky and it's been tough and there's been a lot on the line, but... It would have been even worse if that was the case last night and there were key players out injured, but being able to go into that game a bit more relaxed was, was quite a nice feeling, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it helped the overall performance in the second half that you didn't have to rush it. You know, I mean, listen, if we had lost to one, I mean, disappointed. But the fact that we had the points in the bag, and we've seen it many times domestically as well, um, you know, when, when a, a club has won the league and maybe the next game they lose the game against a team who they would normally win against. Um, so it's, it's natural sometimes you come off a piece a little bit when the job is done and the job was done. And as Hugh said there as well, 
there were so many players missing. I mean, literally you got about half a team, you know, that that you know that he changed last night and the formation. Um, you know, some key players uh, that will come in absolutely uh, when the tournament um, comes up in the summer. So overall, yeah, I, I don't think it was a bad result at all. And I think the fact that Georgia scored first made it even more difficult because they sat back then and allowed Scotland possession. Uh, and, and it just took a little bit of patience and guile to eventually unlock the door. So overall, and a, a notoriously difficult place for us in the past, I think is a decent point. Yeah, there will be a, a few things that I'm sure people will pick up on and want to talk about over the next couple of hours. Certainly one thing that the squad showed last night that they have shown across this whole qualification campaign is that resilience to fight right to the end. Yeah. Um, Stevie Clark has come in and we're on our way to our second major finals. Now, that proves the job that he has done in building that kind of character within the side. To go there and knowingly be without half a team and still getting the job done, I regard the point as getting the job done under the circumstances that we had to confront last night. So it's all there, and that's why although we're minus Tierney and Robertson and everyone else... um, even camp the uh, gun Angus gun in goal when we play Norway, uh, I think the crowd will lift us to that great finish. Whether or not Erling Haaland plays or not, and apparently he has a, an injury, it would be I think even better to beat Norway with Haaland in the side. And I hope he is playing so that everyone can enjoy seeing one of the world's truly great strikers. Yeah, we can take a look at that Norway game in a bit, but plenty to look back on last night. So give us a call, 01419511025. Ronnie is in Carluke. First up, Ronnie, what did you take away from last night's game? How are you doing, pal? You and John? Good. Uh, it's rather poor for Scotland standards, but before I got into the game, can I wish my daughter good luck, who's at Ibrox tonight, doing a um, charity for Rangers, um, charity foundation for the homeless in Glasgow, it's her sixth year in a row she's doing it. Good for her. Um, What's her name? Her name's Lauren, Lauren Hill, if you look. Right, well, good there luck go. to you, Lauren, Best well done, brilliant, brilliant right. Sure, I would like to say... After the Norway game, and a week later when we picked the squad, I would really like to see Lauren Shankland in that squad, not just in the squad, but a potential chance of starting the games because he's prolific. He done more in 10 minutes than Dykes done in 85, mate. He's, in my opinion, he's got to be in that squad. I, I wouldn't run down Lyndon Dykes because he's made a heck of a contribution, but as Jim Duffy said earlier, Shankland is the natural goal scorer. The problem you have, of course, is that we're seeing all this in November and it's eight months before we actually play in the tournament. Uh, but his quality, the Celtic and Rangers fans who come on here and say, yeah, we'd take him at Celtic or Rangers, I think that speaks volumes as well. And you know the way he got his goal last night, natural predator. So I, I agree with you, Ronnie. He'd be in my squad for sure. Jim... I mean, Ronnie's talking there about Lauren Shankland potentially being mm-hmm. the man to have the jersey in that front line, but it would be quite a jump going from, at the moment, he wasn't even in the original squad. No. He was behind, obviously, Lyndon Dykes, Shea Adams, Jacob Brown right. as yeah. well in the pecking order. That that maybe showed where he was before mm-hmm. this camp, but do you think that opinions will have maybe changed 
so far or do you think there's still a long way to go? I think opinions might have changed with some supporters um, but I don't think Stevie Clark uh, have changed his opinion too much and I don't think he should if, if you listen if you're going for 10 minutes you score a goal but if he believes that his other strikers that he's got available to him give him the options he will require then that's what he's got to do this is our opinion you know we we believe that he should be in there but not based on scoring a goal and being on for 10 minutes that's not what we're based on we're based on for me, I, I worked with Lawrence, I had him on loan at Morton, and that's part of the reason why I think he, he's he's a, a a more fulfilled, rounded player. He's a real roller coaster of a, a of a career. Um, you know, he was Aberdeen, didn't quite work out for him, went and loaned, he's at Murn a couple of times, Morton, went to Air United, you know, really learned his trade, changed his, his, um, his physical stature, his development, you know, done everything, his mindset, uh, obviously... United and United tried abroad, didn't quite work out in Belgium, come back again to Hearts. So he's a real football and education, been a slow burner. And I think sometimes when you've got players like that, they've worked their way there, they know what you know what's required, and they're not phased by the challenge because their whole career's been a challenge. And I think um just as a as a as a boy, as a captain now as Hearts, um, for what his 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 record is over recent seasons. That's what I believe he should be in for, not just for scoring an equaliser in the last 10 minutes in a, a game against Georgia, for his overall performance levels at club level in particular over many seasons now. Yeah, Ronnie, you look at you know Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams, what they've done for Scotland over the last few years, playing a big part in getting Scotland to two major tournaments. Do you still feel that there needs to be a, a big shake-up in that position that you know either one of those two can't be the, the person leading the line? Well, in my opinion, goals wins games. And they win games. Lawrence Franklin's the best striker we've got out of the forum. Um, in my opinion. He's prolific. He might not, he's like an Alan McCoy's. doesn't do a great deal of the but he knows where the goals are. <laughs> there is another way of looking at it, Jim, and Scotland's goals have come from midfield mm. a lot, but you know, that's not just down to the midfielders, it's down to what the striker mm. does as well. And Lyndon Dykes, who is quite often the number nine, he is very unselfish, he can occupy defenders. Does that play a big part in the likes of John McGinn and Scott McTominay being able to get into areas and scoring goals? Yeah, of course, because he drags defenders away. Defenders are looking for the striker, and if he peels towards the back post, centre-back goes, creates space for midfield runners, um, you know, in midfield again, working with that. And, and it's almost like a... A split campaign um, since Stevie Clark t- uh, took over. Initially, John McGinn was the advanced midfielder who was getting into the box and scored an unbelievable amount of goals from midfield. And then in this particular campaign, it's been Scott McTominay who's been the advanced midfielder. And again, was it seven goals he scored in this campaign? I mean, it's a fantastic return um, for a guy who most people see as a holding midfield player. So I think credit goes to the manager for looking and saying, right, okay, we don't. We have a you know a huge, we've not got a Harry Kane, we've not got you know got a world class striker. But what we have is we have different types: Shea Adams and and uh, Lyndon Dykes will get us up the pitch. They'll work the defenders. They'll create space for midfield players, and then we can utilise that. So that that's good man. That 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 that's top class management. Look at your weaknesses and see how you can improve upon them. And he's certainly done that because we're 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 goals return. Is actually pretty pretty decent for a for a uh, a country who don't who don't have as I said a, a you know if you, no disrespect like a, a real top class striker more goals for McTominay than Mbappe 
in Haaland. I mean, it's <laughs> almost surreal now. It's quite incredible. I mean, seven goals in seven games in this qualifying campaign. He'd barely scored for Scotland before yeah. this qualifying campaign. I think it was maybe one goal he'd scored before this qualifying campaign. But it just shows the turnaround that can be made by Steve Clark because John McGinn was turned into a goal-scoring midfielder. He played in a more advanced position than he was normally used in at club level. The same is now happening with Scott McTominay as well. It just shows that Steve Clark is able to identify the, the strengths in players. I'm just very grateful that we got McTominay at a time in his life and his career when he was happy to take Scotland rather than wait to see if England came in for him. I think we've got unrealistic targets now. I don't believe that Anthony Gordon at Newcastle will turn his back on Gareth Southgate and come with us. He'll stay in the England mainstream. Uh, I don't believe we've got Archie Gray, even though his dad Andy and his uncles Frank and Eddie were Scottish legends. He's the England under-21 captain and we won't get him now. But McTominay came at the right time and looks to me every time out as if he genuinely loves to be playing for Scotland. And the goals return now, terrific. Again, we have to hope that he can maintain that form eight months from here. Yeah, Andrew, you remember, he played centre-back umpteen yeah. times, you know, se- several times as a centre-back, and, and we're looking at him as part of that three, bringing the ball out for the back. And then he was a holding midfielder, or he was probably a holding midfield player first, went back to him. So he was seen as a defensive-minded player. That's That's the bottom line. Now he's seen as a goal threat and again that, that to me is doing him and he's actually done that for Manchester United as well so I think Stevie Clark has you know opened up opportunities uh, that's actually benefited Scott McTominay's listen it's been great for Scotland but it's also been great for Scott because he's managed to get himself more regular game time at Manchester United in a more advanced role as well because he's done the same I mentioned it earlier with John McGinn mm. at club level he now does play a more yeah. advanced role you would say that Maybe even since Jack Grealish left Aston Villa, they don't play in the same position, but maybe taking on that mantle of being the main man, which he really has been mm. in Unai Emery's side, and all that preparation for getting into that position has been done at, at national team level, hasn't it? Yeah, again, um, listen, it's been a change of manager. Unai Emery's come in because previously he was kind of again holding a little bit and sitting, but he's, he's got that freedom, we use that energy, that strength, that power to get forward. And, he, and he, again, he's done it. He's got the captain's armband down there as well. Again, taking on that added responsibility. He's a big character. The fans love him. Absolutely uh, adore him down at, at Villa. Um, and he's thriving. Uh, and again, he's another player who, you know, listen, you know, we always compare uh, our players. What, what players, you know, would, would you would you swap? But at that, certainly at this moment in time, McGinn and McTominay, yeah, as you said, there's several months to go. But these are two players who are good enough to play in just about any company just now. So they can match up and they will be good enough no matter who their midfield opposition is when the tournament arrives. You see, McGinn and Xander Clark being Clydebank boys, this is a triumph. <laughs> this qualification is a triumph for the borough of Clydebank. Ronnie, you mentioned Lauren Shankland. You talked about him potentially being the starting striker at the Euros. If he is to be in the squad at the Euros, it probably means someone in that forward area is going to have to drop out. I know there is a long time between now and then because it is only a 23-man squad instead of the 26 that it was in Euro 2020. Is there anyone obvious for you that, that maybe doesn't make the cut if Shankland does? Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown. He's no international class. 
And by the way, Shankland scored against the Rangers and Celtic. And if the players with Scotland have better players run about them, they'll have more chances. In my opinion, he's your number one striker. Uh, is Jacob Brown the obvious yeah. one? Because, and the thing is, Steve Clark, I think it takes a lot for a player to earn Steve Clark's trust. He uh-huh. quite often has players in squads for quite a long time before they make any sort of impact into the either the starting lineup or off the bench. But when it comes to Jacob Brown, he's pretty much in every single squad, but I think it's seven caps he's got. They've all really been off the bench. He's not yeah. made too much of an impact. Even last night, Scotland chasing a goal. He still does go for Shankland ahead of Jacob Brown. Inevitably, players are going to have to be severely disappointed. Jim will know as a manager that sometimes you have to make the call and you are doing what you believe is best for the squad, the team. Jacob Brown has no footprint as yet in Scotland terms. Um, By virtue of scoring last night, Shankland already has. Shankland is uh, a proven goal scorer within our domestic league and I just think that right now if your choice was Jacob Brown or Shankland you're going Shankland all the time Well thank you to Ronnie still loads of time to get your calls in lots of reaction to come from that Scotland draw against Georgia last night whether you want to talk about the change of tactics of course Scotland going to a back four last night we've mentioned Lauren Shankland there's a goalkeeper situation as well Xander Clark got the nod ahead of Liam Kelly should he be the the man that deputises in goal when Angus Gunn is not in the squad. What about Georgia's antics as well? There was a lot said post-match about that. So make sure to get your calls in 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get involved you can tweet us at Clyde SSB and of course you can watch on the live stream as well still looking back on Scotland's draw with Georgia last night lots to get through as well on that plenty of talking points one is certainly in goal as well because Steve Clark had a decision to make didn't he, with Angus Gunn out. It was really a toss-up between whether it was going to be Xander Clark or, or Liam Kelly. What did we see from Xander Clark last night? Yeah, I must admit, I thought he'd he done okay. I mean, I know obviously listened to the commentary in the, in the game and um, I think it was Michael Stewart said he thought it was, he could have done better in the second goal. I don't, personally, and I'm normally pretty critical with goalkeepers, but I don't think at all. I think it was actually poor defending, showing, showing him inside his right foot. But... I don't think he could any any chance with that. I, I, I don't really think he could do much about the first goal either. Um, so yeah, I need a couple of decent saves, ones you would expect to make. Um, I, I think more the fact is that we'd went to a back four for the first time. That was maybe, and, and again, listen, it's you know new 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 players as well coming in. Uh, I think that maybe left us a wee bit disjointed at times. You know because we've been very successful with the with the with the back five or back three. So that for me was more of a concern. The goalkeeper, I think he might well put Liam Kelly in tomorrow night. I think he's probably discussed that previously to the goalkeepers and said, listen, one will play um, against George or one will play against Norway. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought he'd done okay. Zanderclaw, I think I think he was he was fine. He was competent. He had no, no real issues with him. It's a difficult one for Liam Kelly. He's not had a great season with Motherwell. He's come in for some criticism from the Motherwell fans on this programme. 
at a fairly regular basis. And I thought Xander Clark did enough last night to warrant another go against Norway. If there are any reservations whatsoever about Liam Kelly and his confidence at this particular time. Um, so for me, and I don't often contradict Jim Duffy, but I would go with Xander Clark again. Do you think that no matter what happened last night, Steve Clark would have already made up his mind as to what goalkeeper played last night and what goalkeeper plays on Sunday? Well, that's what I'm saying. They may well have discussed it pre pre the Georgia game when they brought the, the, the goalkeepers into the, the squad. He, he, I mean, I know he, he was debating it anyway, so it was something in, in his, his, his thought process. Um, as you said, going by performance, you might think, well, Xander Clark done nothing wrong, give him another goal, but I don't think it had to do with performance. I, that That's... My guess, I mean, it's a complete guess um, of how um, Steve Clark would approach this, but my guess is that he would have spoken to the goalkeepers and given one the nod for the Georgia game and one the nod for the Norway game, and that'll be Liam Kelly's start. I'm preempting something that may not happen here, but around the turn of the year, Craig Gordon is expected to make his comeback at heart. Sander Clark, if you go by last night's game, is, is maybe the second choice goalkeeper mm-hmm. in that Scotland squad. Is there then a, a sort of strange situation at Hearts where there's going to be Xander Clark, there's going to be Craig Gordon, there's going to be six months to go until the Euros. Both players are going to want to play as much football as possible to try and work their way into that squad. I just wonder what happens in that scenario with those two goalkeepers. Well, with the greatest respect to Craig Gordon, who's had a terrific career, and I regard him as a very brave man because he's come back from very, very serious injury literally two or three years out of the game before he ended up at Celtic and was terrific for Celtic. But when he comes back, he has to prove that his recovery is complete and that he can be the goalkeeper he was before the horrific injury that he suffered. So you can't just leave out Xander Clark at Tynecastle and put him in straight away without trying to establish how successful the recovery has been. So it's a difficult one for all concerned, it's difficult for Hearts and it's difficult for Steve Clark. But that's where the the eight-month argument works in our favour because we know that he's unavailable to us now, but eight months from now he might be back and his recovery is complete to the extent that he's rivaling Gunn for the first pick slot. Let's go back to the phones. 01419511025 is the number John in Cumbernauld has dialed. John, what's on your mind tonight? I'm just wondering, panel, whether or not he's find Rangers and Pro African uh, to try and get more in January. I think we'll try and clear up John's line there. It wasn't quite clear. What I did get, I, th- I think he was saying about Rangers looking at Lauren Shankland in January. Well, you know, I said earlier in the programme that it's remarkable the number of. Uh, Rangers and Celtic fans who say we'd take him. Um, I'm not sure that Rangers with Dessers, Danilo, Sima, I'm not sure because it, obviously it would require. And Kamar Roof as yeah, well. And, you know, Philippe Clement clearly likes Roof and would like to have him about the place. I'm not sure that Rangers would want to go down that particular road unless things happen that we don't know unless debtors move back out or 
SEMA or whatever, but at the moment... If SEMA's on loan, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, he could go back, as opposed to is it Brighton he's on loan, you should yeah. yeah, 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 biggest club in England <laughs> he's with. Um, but I'm not sure that Rangers would necessarily go down that particular road. Celtic, you know, they have Kyogo, obviously, they have uh, O, who scored two good goals at the weekend there, uh, and clearly is one of these players that tends to be developed under Brendan Rodgers to an extent. He's a much better player than he was when he arrived. I do understand why people at Celtic and Rangers say, oh, well, we take him. I'm not sure that either will in the January window. John, what do you feel he would add to that Rangers squad? I think it's the the strength and depth. I think you've got to think about towards next year as well. You got to think, uh, obviously, I, I really would love to get Seema on a permanent, but I think that's pie in the sky. It's going to be eight to twelve million. He probably try and get a hold of him permanently. Uh, Roof is probably finished if we if we're really honest about it. And Dessels is not looking as if he's going to come the corner anytime soon. So that leaves you with Danilo up front. So, so you need somebody else in there. And I think Lauren Shankland is a good shout as anybody because we've looked abroad for other names and just look at what Lauren Shankland is producing on the field. The other point we have to bear in mind here, he is Hart's captain and Hearts have just released financial figures which by their standards are exceptional. And they have an obligation to their supporters uh, you know, they've, they've had their ups and downs. They tend to blow hot and cold hearts. You can't just say, right, we'll take the main man and we'll sell him to Celtic or Rangers. You know, you, you've got to take into consideration your own fans and how they feel about that. Yeah, I mean, hearts, anyone at hearts, hearts supporters, hearts officials will certainly be driving a hard bargain for anyone that wants to sign Lauren Shankland in January or beyond that. Yeah, well, if you take uh, a striker, prolific goal scorer, club captain, as um, as Hughes mentioned, um, international player, then his value is is you know there for everybody to see. If if you're if you're the buying club, and if Rangers go in there, they'll, they'll have to pay handsomely. But uh, you know, I agree with John in some aspects there because you can look abroad, and it seems to be that we're you know not we as in, but generally being the Scottish game and the bigger clubs quite happy to pay three, four million pound for untried and, you know, players that, that maybe sometimes a high risk level and we don't seem to want to pay whatever it was, maybe maybe a million and a half, a couple of million pound, who knows, um, domestically, uh, for someone who's actually proven time and time again um that they can score goals uh in the Scottish League. So yeah, I mean it's Philip Clement. He won't know a lot about Launchard. He will not a bit, but because obviously he was in Belgium playing. But uh, he, he, he'll take a bit of time, I think, just to assess everything that Rangers, including the likes of Dessers and Danilo and, if, and, and, and the fitness of Roof, if he believes that they are going to be good enough um, to give him the goals and play in the style of football he wants in terms of the pressing game, that's a, a big thing, uh, uh, Clement, then... I think he'll stick with that. If he doesn't, if he feels that there's something lacking there, then I think uh, Lauren Shankland would be a terrific option. Yeah, John, Lauren Shankland has scored goals at many levels in Scottish football over a, a number of years now. Is is that a, a deal that you felt in the past that Rangers should have been looking at at some point? I think we've missed the boat in a few Scottish players. Uh, it seems to be something Rangers hasn't been focusing on for a long time. Um, 
buying players from your own own league. I think that's the first mark in a successful team. You always try and get the best players from your own league, and you've just got to look at the goal tallies the last couple of seasons. Lawrence Langland's been up there. Yeah, I mean the talent's undeniable. I just think the circumstances are against practically any club. And you know, if you tempted Hearts with enough money, then okay, they'll cave in. But they do, as things stand at the moment, have a good financial base to work from. He is the captain, and they have things they want to achieve. They want to get back into the top four and a European place because you make money. Sell Shankland and all of that might fall apart. Yeah, but so the so the players, um, if you players have ambition and they have you know targets that they want to achieve in their career, and if a club like Rangers come in and knowing Lawrence as, as I said I, I do then he absolutely would think this might be the chance of a lifetime and it'd be you know players I'm not saying they can force away listen some can and I'm not saying he would do that but they can certainly put a bit of pressure on the club to say listen this is an opportunity for me I do not want the club to turn around they turn down so let's get some sort of acceptable terms if that came in if that, if that, if that was on the table uh, I think it's um Again, knowing it's a, a bigger squad, do you do you start every week? Because he's starting every week, he is captain. There's all these things to consider from a football perspective. But in terms of ambition and challenges and if you want to call it boyhood dreams, then sometimes if these opportunities come up, it's you know, it's for for a player, you know, you, you can certainly drive a, a move if if that's if so if that is your desire to do so. Well, thank you to John. Andrew is in the West End. I think you've got some thoughts on Lawrence Shankland as well. Uh, hi there. Well, it's just regarding that it could be an extra if something happens to Celtic striker, which is a good thing to take on. And also, it should have been known at the start for Scotland, both strikers for Scotland. What do you think of that? You think Scotland should have started with two up top? You mean? I think they should have started with two up top to see who scored the first goal and then start sub subbing from then. I'm not sure you can argue with Stevie Clark. He's got it right all the way down the line in Group A. It is the tough thing with that then, Hugh. If you play with two strikers, then it maybe limits either McGinn or McTominay. They both yeah. can't quite get forward with the freedom they normally do, yeah. and they've been Scotland's biggest goal threats. Yeah, we had to tamper with the system in more ways than one last night and I think that would have been tampering too far. And also, Lauren Shankland was there to to let Stevie Clark have a look at him and not necessarily from the start. He, he brought him on as the perfect impact sub because he scored the goal that got us a point. Um, now, with regard to the other part of Andrew's question about Celtic, uh, again... I mean, there's no doubt at all that Celtic have the money to get Lauren Shankland. Whatever hearts ask, Celtic can cover it. Um, but we're back to where Brendan Rodgers sees this going. You know, he's got an awful lot of players there. And he did say that there'd be more goings than comings uh, in the January transfer window because he's got a squad that's getting on for being unwieldy and he has to reduce numbers. I think... In Kyogo, obviously, so long as that shoulder doesn't pop out, so long as he's fit, he's the man there, and O is clearly growing in stature as the weeks go by. I'm not sure that Brendan Rodgers would see Lauren Shankland as a priority. Jim, it just shows what 
international recognition and success can do for a player because I think a couple of months ago there, there wouldn't have been many Celtic Rangers fans phoning in demanding that their club sign Lauren Shankland or, or look at Lauren Shankland but it's certainly happening now and I know he, he wasn't maybe on form between August and October but he's got a good few goals now is it five in his last five and scored for Scotland as well it, it just shows that it can really sort of propel people into the spotlight yeah, well, most strikers will go through a little bit of dry patch. You know, it's, it's, unless you're Erling Haaland or Harry Kane, you know, these, these world-class strikers, and you're playing with huge clubs that create chance after chance, there's always going to be, you know, times in your career where it doesn't quite fall for you. And that can be for a number of reasons. You know, the, your own team's not creating as much. There's a little bit of lack, lack of confidence. Once you start getting into that flow, strikers, or, you know, the, the, that that's, that's where they're, um, you know, Instincts come into play, and and I, I think taking that little patch away, he was still getting into goal, uh, goal scoring uh, positions. And I think, listen, all the clubs now will, will look at the data, they'll analyse it, they'll look at you know his movement in the box, you know he's he's uh, you know how how he how he plays. Does it fit into the way as as Hugh said a, a Brendan Rodgers team or a Philip Clement team? It's not just what he's done for Hearts or what he's done for Dundee United previously or that or United. But the thing you can never deny is he can score goals. Absolutely score goals. Um, and I think particularly Rangers have been touted, has been, he's been touted about, you know, by Rangers fans for the last couple of seasons that it could be someday that uh, that Rangers would be interested in. Uh, and, and I think maybe this season um, there's been maybe more Celtic fans as well kind of get into that, that kind of view uh, as well. But as you said, there's an awful lot of players at Celtic. And that can work in maybe favour to try and move players out, maybe, you know, uh, d- doing a trade, you know, with money and players and all these things. And Hearts, if, if, if they are interested or if there's something to be done in that manner, that might be the case. But it's all hypothetical at this moment in time. He's a Hearts captain, he's under contract, he's scoring goals. Um, so at this moment in time, he'll just focus on Hearts. It's up to other clubs if they want to do it, and at this moment in time, it is hypothetical. I think Celtic will definitely sign a striker in the January transfer window. I'm not sure he is the striker they will sign. Well, thank you to Andrew, 01419511025 if you want to be up next. But before that, let me tell you about something very important. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist. Changing landscapes across the UK. Yes, Cash for Kids Mission Christmas is back. We know Christmas this year is going to be particularly difficult for a lot of local families. The cost of living crisis, it makes things worse for us all, but especially families who are already in or close to the poverty line. You can make a difference this year by supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. One of the groups we support is the Govan Youth Information Project. They support families and young people in the area who struggle to afford the basics. Let's hear from John Aitken, who tells us why you should donate to Cash for Kids. I would say most definitely do it. Um, you'll change. You'll not understand how much you're changing a young person's life. I even know that one time when we gave a voucher at Christmas time, they bought their Christmas dinner with it. Things like that really, really make a difference. I would encourage everybody to donate if you can, because I know everyone is kind of stretched for money, but I would say please, please donate what you can. 
Yeah, in some parts of Glasgow and the West, as many as one in two children live in poverty. We can't always make it a magical day, but with your help, we can make it a different day for thousands of kids in our area. We guarantee that 100% of the funds raised will go straight back to those uh, to support those families most in need. It really will make such a difference to them. You can find all the details on how to donate uh, Clyde1.com slash mission. Uh, Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with JD and Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 is the number you need. Maybe you've still got some stuff you want to get off your chest about that game against Georgia last night. Maybe you want to look ahead to the game against Norway on Sunday or maybe domestic football is more your scene we're happy to hear your thoughts on that the same number 0141 951 1025 and of course you can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well there was a lot of talk certainly during the game and after the game Scott McTominay he wasn't happy with the, the antics of the, the Georgian players Was it? I've never seen a team to get so many shoulder and arm injuries in in one game I mean Steve Clark had praised the Scotland players for keeping their cool throughout that because it can it be hard sometimes not to get dragged into, I think it was the shenanigans was the, the word that Steve Clark used? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, listen, it's not just the Georgians. You know, we see it all the time, even our, 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 our you know, domestic league and down south. And, you know, it's sometimes it gets out of hand, players feign injury, particularly when someone puts someone's hand on their chest, invariably they hold their face, roll about. And, um, you know... I, for somebody like me who obviously played the game many years ago you know you just get constantly frustrated by it and annoyed by it my, my concern is that I think it does a disservice to the game particularly for someone who can have a serious injury um, because you know the referee can't take the risk that someone's feigning injury the, the physios and the doctors can't because it might be that one time where something is serious so for me I think they do a disservice to their fellow professionals but I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. The only way it will stop is if UEFA um, clamp down on it and there is no sign that they see that as, as um, you know, something that's uh, a real issue in the game at this moment they're, in time. They're a team blessed with one superb talent who comes from Serie A and the rest are much of a muchness. I was more concerned by some of their tackling and their players. I thought the tackle on McTominay was particularly cynical. And then the, the the player who flew in on uh, Lewis Ferguson, I can imagine the, the whole of Bologna standing up. Ooh, ooh, uh, it was an awful tackle. So it, it makes the the time added on equaliser all the sweeter for all their carry on. I think the Scottish BAFTAs are on Sunday night. There could have been a few Georgian players in for some top <laughs> oh, yeah, acting yeah, performances yeah, yeah. in there. Best supporting actor. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Andy is in Finiston. Andy, what did you take away from that game last night? Uh, how you doing, guys? All right. I, I, I'm just, I, I totally agree with Jim and Jury. I mean, I thought the Georgia, the Rata. I mean, the, the first one with Patterson's yellow card was a disgrace. I mean, he actually put his finger on his cheek, and the guy's diving down as if he'd been thumped by a hammer or something. I, I really be disappointed. Uh, and and I, and I really, I think Shankland for Scotland. I think he must start the next game. They've got to start him because uh, what more can the boy do? He's only for ten minutes. Scores a goal. I think he was going to give a start. With regard to the first point you made about the, their antics, you know, we heard this about uh, Atletico Madrid when they played Celtic in Spain. 
And yeah, the you know Diego Simeone loves the dark arts as they call them. Uh, it goes on in football, has always gone on in football, and you just have to cope with it. And Scotland have coped with it because we've beaten Georgia here in Glasgow, and we've drawn with them in their own country. So we've taken four points out of six, and whatever dark arts they practice, they're not enough to get them wins. And that's the best way. You hear maybe two sides of the argument, which is one, don't get dragged into it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when a game like this happens, people will come out and say, oh, well, maybe we need to be more like that. Maybe we need to, you know, play the the mind games or whatever it is a, a bit more. But what, Steve Clark... Cheat? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that, to... You can use any phrases you like. So what you're saying is you want us to cheat, whether it's domestically or internationally. And that's that's what you're asking players to do, to cheat. But because that's, that's exactly Steve what they Clark, were doing. Steve Clark coming out after the game saying you know Steve Clark is not the type of character that would want his players no. doing that and keeping a cool head ultimately helped Scotland right at the mm. end because they weren't you know getting dragged into whatever they were focusing on playing their football and getting that equaliser you see players all the time Listen, you see someone falling down just off the pitch and actually clamouring back onto the pitch and then rolling around because they know they can't get treatment off the pitch so sorry, the game can't stop sorry for off the pitch it can if they go on the pitch there's loads of little kind of things that players do but it, listen let's not shy away it does happen domestically as well it's not just the Georgians that, that do it I mean as, as Hugh said you know the, the, the European games Champions League games we see it week in week out maybe not as as, as many incidents in the one game but it does happen. So I think we have to look at our, our own game first. I'm just a little bit surprised now with um, you know the officials um, getting bought by it, uh, particularly when there is so much, you know, the, the cameras are there and they've got the fourth officials, they've got the VAR. I'm not saying VAR should get involved, but the, what they can do is they can see the pictures. So they can just quite quietly say to the referee in his ear, listen, that's, that, that's not a serious injury. That's, that's someone play acting and therefore ignore him or yellow card them if you want to but don't punish the other player because there was nothing in that and I think you can quietly do that but I think unless they, they, they clamp down on these things um, then players will continue to do it and it does, doesn't matter which country they come from Andy just on Lauren Shanklin do you feel he deserves to start for Scotland now what do you think of the job that Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams have sort of done between them over the last few years with Scotland because they have played a big part they've helped Scotland get to two major tournaments Oh, they've, done, they've done well, but I, I just think right now, if if I'm a you know I'm a Scotland fan, I would I would, I'd love to see Shanklin start. I really would because I I mean I like Dykes and and Shea Adams, but I just think this game coming Sunday, give him a start, and then he must he must go to, he must go to Europe, Europe he must. Oh, well, you know, Lyndon Dykes had one perfect chance to score. I thought with a header which he put past the post. Uh, at that point, I thought this man's weighed down by the number of tattoos he has. Um, and Lauren Shankland scored with a header. It must be a temptation for Steve Clark because there's got, there'll be an almost carnival atmosphere at Hamden on Sunday because this is the this is the farewell match. You know, we've, we've qualified from the group. We're at home. We're playing Erling Haaland's side. And he will add glamour to the occasion if he plays. And you, you want to go out on an absolute high. And then we'll all argue the the draw for the, the 
European Championship groups will take place two weeks tomorrow. Therefore, in a fortnight's time, we'll know exactly who we're playing, where we're playing them, and we'll argue over who should be the 23 players in Steve Clark's squad. But let's concentrate on a fine night, as I say, and I'm being flippant, but let George and Cassie put on the Christmas lights and let Scotland glow thereafter in the aftermath of qualification for a major final of a U, uh, an international tournament. And let's go out and I would think play Lauren Shankman from the start and see if he can truly ignite the crowd with a goal. Well, thank you to Andy. Lots to get our teeth into in the second hour. But before all that, it's time to play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Yes, time for Beat the Pundit, your chance to phone in and take on either Hugh Keevans or Jim Duffy to win the bragging rights and a signed ball as well. All you need to do is answer as many questions as you can inside 30 seconds and what you need to do to get on stage is phone 0141 951 1025. Make sure you call in before 7 o'clock and you could be up to play Beat the Pundit. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, you can phone in 0141-951-1025. We've had plenty of thoughts on that Scotland-Georgia game. People talking about Lauren Shanklin. There's been the goalkeeper situation with Xander Clark getting the nod over Liam Kelly. We're still really to talk about the fact that Scotland changed tactics in the game as well. Went to a back four. We can look at how that worked. And of course, any domestic stuff you want to talk about as well. We're here for you. 0141-951-1025. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But before we do that, let's play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. Yes, time for Beat the Pundit. Time for someone to take on either Hugh Keevans or Jim Duffy for the chance to win a signed ball and, of course, the bragging rights as well. How are you two getting on? It tells me 100% record, Jim. You've only played once. <laughs> it's a small sample size, but it's still a, still a 100% record. You can. That, that's all I need. Yeah. One out of one. You can't, you can't do any better than that. It's as simple as that. I'll just retire now. That's fine. How would you rate your. <laughs> where, where do you think your percentage is at? Uh, this the, season the, the last time I asked I was told 55% Okay you must have won the last time I out did, then yeah. Because you're at 60 60% oh. now 6 out of 10 That's, that's, that's an outrageous success for me That's <laughs> solid if you, if you got that in a player ratings After a game at the weekend Solid Solid and did reliable Did you get that in your school report card? Well I, I'm just thinking I was watching Michael O'Neill As Northern Ireland lose 4-0 to Finland tonight and I, I once gave Michael O'Neill a 6 In a newspaper report Out of 10 and he, I've never had a longer conversation in my life. They phone you up now. They phone you? <laughs> yeah, to, to complain, yeah. Well, there you go. Hey, let's go to the phones because Gary is going to play tonight. Gary is in Bells Hill. It tells me here that you're on your way home from Cornwall, is that correct? Yes, Andrew, yes. I've been down there working for the past few months, so I'm heading back up for a break. Oh, here we go. Final bit of work yeah. before the break, though, it's is taking on yeah, either Hugh Evans <laughs> or Jim Duffy. Have you got a preference? Who would you rather play? Uh, either or, like, but I wouldn't mind playing Hugh. I've listened to him for a lot of years yeah. now, so it'd be nice to play Hugh. Like, all right, good stuff. It will be either or, either or. There we go. Heads for Hugh Keevans, tails for Jim Duffy, and it's tails. You don't get your wish. It is going to be okay. Jim good Duffy. 
So we will make sure that Jim gets some greatest hits radio in his ear. And there we go, I've had the thumbs up, so he cannot hear us. I'm sure you know it by now, Gary, if you've listened to it a lot. 30 seconds on the clock to answer as many questions as you possibly can. And remember, you can pass if you don't know the answer. Does that all sound good? Yeah, but no bother, Andrew. Cheers. There we go, let's get underway. Who joined Rangers from Aberdeen in July 2017? Scott Wright. Apart from Callum McGregor, which other Celtic player has started every league game this season? Uh, Kyogo Before yesterday In what year did Lawrence Shanklin Last score for Scotland uh, 2021 20, Which Scottish League Two side stadium Is the smallest In the SPFL Clyde uh, Name any side Malky Mackay Permanently managed Before Ross County Ross uh, Norwich Who are the only Scottish Premiership side Who have lost Their last five games Ross County Okay Right Do we have Jim Duffy back I'm not sure he can hear us yet, Jim. Have you got us? Can he know yet? Okay, there we go. Same for you. 30 seconds on the clock to answer as many questions as you possibly can. Okay. Let's go. Who joined Rangers from Aberdeen in July 2017? Ryan Jack. Apart from Cal McGregor, which other Celtic player has started every league game this season? Um, Greg Taylor. Before yesterday, in what year did Lauren Shanklin last score for Scotland? Uh, 2021. Which Scottish League two side stadium is the smallest in the SPFL? Um, Bonnet Egg Rose Name any side Malky Mackay permanently managed before Ross County um, Cardiff uh, Who are the only Scottish Premiership side who have lost their last five games um, Livingston Okay, Gary, how do you feel you got on? Uh, I don't know, I think you maybe put me Okay, let's go through them, shall we? Who joined Rangers from Aberdeen in July 2017? You went for different answers. Gary said Scott Wright. Jim, you said Ryan Jack. It was indeed Ryan Jack. It's 1-0 to Jim Duffy. Apart from Callum McGregor, which other Celtic player started every league game this season? Gary went for Kyogo. It was Greg Taylor you went for, Jim. And Greg Taylor is correct. 2-0 to Jim Duffy. Before yesterday, in what year did Lauren Shanklin last score for Scotland? You both got that one wrong. You both went... Too recent, it was 2019 was his last goal. It was a 6-0 win against San Marino at Hamden. So it remains 2-0 to Jim Duffy. Which Scottish League two-side stadium is the smallest in the SPFL? Kelty. East Fife. Oh. Bayview. Yep, there you go. So it remains 2-0 to Jim Duffy. Name any side Malky Mackay permanently managed before Ross County. Gary went for Norwich. It was Cardiff you went for, Jim. 3-0 to Jim Duffy. And he had time to make it four as well, who are the only Scottish Premiership side to have lost their last five games. You went for Livingston, Gary went for Ross County. It is Livingston. It finishes 4 0 to Jim Duffy. Hard lines, Gary. Sorry, Gary. The journey's tired, Duke, Gary. That's what it is. Tough questions tonight, by the way. Tough questions tonight. I think so. Yeah, pretty tough, pretty tough. Unlucky, Gary. Hard lines. Hopefully, next time you can maybe uh, do a bit better. Jim, continuing that 100% record as well. Well, listen, as, as they say, it's the way the, 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 the questions fall, but uh, a couple of them were kind of educated guesses, you should be say. That's it, look, Scotland Scotland started their campaign with a 100% record, got them qualified, that's, a, that's all you need. He's two out of two now, he's the man to beat. There we go, yes, of <laughs> I mean, course. That's me, me and Roger Hanna, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm creeping up there. Oh, do you want a minus one then? We can sort that out for you, I'm no, sure. I, I'm, I'm led to believe Roger got ten the other day. He there, did, yeah. Ten, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? That's just, just, yeah. sure. I just... Surely a minus two is pending at some point. There's been talk oh, of that, hasn't there? But it's not not quite materialised. This season. Oh, did you? And a man sent me in a mug. Out, out of a hundred? 
I sent me a mug right. with all the, the answers. He yeah, made a mug, which is his business, but mm. uh, very kind of him. Yeah. Terrific. Well yes, there we go. Of course, you can play Beat the Pundit on Monday. Again, that will be back then. And uh, yes, there we are. So, Graham is a Hearts fan up next in Penny Cook. He's dialed 01419511025. I'm sure, Graham, you would have been pretty happy with the goal scorer towards the end of last night's game. Yeah, hi guys, thanks for having me on. I was ecstatic, I'm not going to lie. I was frustrated that he wasn't on earlier, but I was delighted that he's got his goal. And I think as well, if you look at the stats as well, for like all the strikers in that Scotland team, if you actually look at the stats for like overall this term, Franklin's got 11 goals in 20 games, Dykes has got one from 17, Adams has got three from 17, Brown's got one from 13, and Nisbet's got two from 14. Now I know that folk will say you have to caveat that by saying that they're playing at a higher level, but one of the hardest things to do in football is score goals, and Shanklin does that. He's got 10 goals for Hearts this season, and I genuinely think that a lot of folk don't realise that Shanklin's game, all-in game, is actually very impressive. He's got great link-up play, he's got great hold-up play, he's got great awareness, and obviously he scores goals. He is so, so crucial to Hearts and so vital to us. He's been brilliant since he signed for Hearts, and I was delighted to go to his goal last night. Now, I know that he probably won't start on Sunday. I know that Clark has obviously going to stick with the guys that have got us to the, quali- the Euros but uh, honestly I'm a massive fan of Shanklin and I hope I really hope that he doesn't leave Hearts but I know at some point he probably will Yeah Graham has that maybe been a bit frustrating over the last few days that there's been lots of calls into this show Celtic and Rangers fans both saying that their club should sign your captain I mean I don't think it's a surprise because when you've got a guy like Shanklin that is scoring goals you're going to get that and I've got no doubt that if Shanklin went to Celtic and Rangers he would absolutely score goals for the service that he'd get but I'm hoping that if Shanklin does leave at any point, that it'll be down south. Because my worry would be that if he goes to one of Celtic or Rangers, he'll be on the bench more often than not. So that's my worry. But I mean, Shanklin does, honestly, is a brilliant, brilliant player. I mean, I've supported Hearts for a long, long time. And we have had good strikers in the past, but nothing as good as what Shanklin's been. 38 goals and 66 games for Hearts. He's been phenomenal. And getting that goal last night, I was so, so pleased for him because he deserves it. Graham, now you've got money, the club's got money, the, the, the latest figures announced a few days ago are fantastic by heart standards. And, you know, the the foundation of hearts, uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but, you know, you're keeping the club going. They, they truly are uh, a supporters club. Um, how, how would the support feel in general if Shanklin was allowed to go? Because, you know, you've achieved nothing yet this season. I think it depends on the money we get from him. Now, I do think that when Shanklin first came to Hearts, a lot of fans were thinking he's maybe not that good a player as a championship striker. He's not. He's far more than that. And you're right, I am a, foundation, I am a member of the Foundation of Hearts, and honestly, it's incredible the job that we do off the park. Unbelievable the job that Foundation of Hearts do. We are a very, very, very well-run club off the park now, but we've got to get that kind of progress on the park. And Shanklin's a massive part of that. I don't think we can let him go, certainly, anytime soon. I hope, and I know what will happen. Come January, we'll get the stories about one Celtic Rangers will be looking at Shankland. I know what will happen, but we have to keep him because he's so important to us. Like I said, 10 goals this season, he got 28 last season. He's vital to hearts. And I just hope that he gets more games for Scotland. Like I said, I know that Clark has his favourites. He's got Adams, he's got Dykes. But we don't have a natural finisher. And for me, Shankland is that guy. He's a natural goal scorer. 
Yeah, losing Shankland would be one thing for Hearts. Is it even worse for supporters and potentially the club as well if you lose him to a club in the same division? Yeah, but it's not just losing him, it's replacing him. You know, how do you replace? I mean, we're talking here that, you know, we can't we can't find, you know, top-class strikers. There are, they are few and far between at any level. So, you know, the fact that Hearts have the most prolific Scottish striker... Um, tells its own story. So if if he left, even if he went down south, he went. I mean, he said he said his his, his time abroad it didn't quite work out. I can't see that happening again. So no matter if if he did leave, then Stephen Naismith, the Hearts fans, you know, it's so difficult to replace. Um, when when Liam Boyce got injured um, and was out for a significant period. I think that did impact him because there was a good balance here. And I agree, I agree with Graham entirely. Um, Lauren Shacklin's games developed beyond all recognition from when he first came into senior football. He was just well, a, well, a penalty it. box player, but now he's much, much more than that. Yeah, because I think he maybe still had that reputation even after he developed mm-hmm. his game as well. Because when he was scoring you know, pretty much a goal a game in the championship mm-hmm. with Dundee United, he was still doing a lot of work outside the box, link-up play and scoring the goals as well. But he was maybe still being pigeonholed, pigeonholed sorry, as, as this penalty box striker, which he certainly isn't. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, he's got more than that. But I'll, I'll, if you look at his goal last night, just take that one goal in isolation because that's the reason why the focus is on him just now. Uh, as, as the ball's played wide, he's on. He's, he's standing next to the defender. As, as Stuart Armstrong turns to put it on his right foot, he checks away a little bit, and then he makes another little movement as the ball's arriving, so as he gives himself that yard or two to get above the defender to get the header. These things you cannot teach. I mean, they they are instinct. They are goal scorers' natural instinct. They find that half a yard of space in the box to give him the advantage on the defender, get on the blind side of him, and then make that run. Um, you know that that that's not it's not by luck. <laughs> that's a player who has honed his talents over many seasons, and um, you know it would be, you know, a real um, negative impact for Hearts if if he went. And, you know, also, as I said, replacing them. And, you know, that that would be another very, very different. No matter how much money you get. I mean, with all due respect, if Hearts got over a million pounds or even closer, they can't then go and spend... You know, they won't find another player like that um, that Hearts can spend that type of money on to replace them. So they would have to change their style. They would maybe have to bring in another, a couple of different players. Um, so that impacts the whole team. And also the, the, the negativity would feed into, into uh, and the frustration would feed into the supporters. So, yeah, vital they can keep them. But listen, when you are a goal scorer, you will be in demand. Graham read us the stats from a Scotland perspective of how many goals Lauren Shankland has scored for his club compared to the other players. How big can it be? For a striker, you know, no matter what level they're playing at, people will sort of caveat it with that, that they are scoring goals consistently yeah. and then going into an international camp where you've only got a couple of games to, you know, get up and running and get used to your teammates, that you're you're coming into it having scored goals in a, a prolific state. Graham researched it very well and the stats are unarguable. But I have to go back to my argument that this is November and the tournament's in June. There are, for example, wild card possibilities like Ben Doak at Liverpool or Ross Stewart at Southampton who cost a lot of money when he went to the club from Sunderland, was prolific at Sunderland, has had a terrible injury but 
six months from now, who knows what might be happening with him. Shanklin could lose form. Ross Stewart and Ben Doak could acquire form. There are so many imponderables. We have no idea. We can merrily guess who the 23 players will be, but we have no idea eight months from now whether they're affected by injury, loss of form or whatever. So right now it's pertinent to talk about Lauren Shankland in four or five months' time he might have faded from view. On Ben Doak that Hugh mentioned, Scotland mm. under-21s are in action tonight. It was a seven yeah. o'clock kickoff for them against very good opposition in Belgium's under-21s. It is 1-0 to Scotland, which is, is good going so far. The goal came from Jeremiah Mullen. He headed in from an Adam Devine cross. But Ben Doak showed up very well in the last under-21 mm. camp. He only played one game. Um, he did pick up a bit of a knock and then went back and hadn't, been, hadn't featured too much. But mm. he's still being trusted by... Jurgen Klopp mm-hmm. to, to play in games starting mm-hmm. Europa League games. He is certainly a player that Steve Clark, I mean, he's been asked about yeah. so many times, but he'll be a player that if he continues his development, might be another one that's quite hard to, to keep out the squad next summer. Yeah, I mean, he, he is, um, you know, the player with real potential and playing at a club like Liverpool, you know, playing, even if he's just training with the first team and, 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 and you know, playing amongst those quality of players and, you know, would suggest that he is more than good enough um, to to be certainly on the horizon and, 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 and you know, the, the rear mirror of, 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 of Steve Clark's, um, you know, idea. So I think that he is one, and, and as you mentioned there, you know, um, Ross Stewart could be one. Ryan Hardy could be one. He's, he's continued to score goals um, and, and for likes of Plymouth and has done for the last couple of seasons. But I still believe that, you know, Lawrence Shackman, as I mentioned earlier on, has developed his career enough not just to be a goal scorer. He, he, his link-up play is good. You know, his teamwork is good. He can drop into little pockets. He can actually play off the strikers at time now. Um, but in the penalty box, he is the best penalty box striker we have at our disposal. I take Hugh's point in a few months' time, but we can only discuss it as it stands today. And and as it stands today and this weekend, Lorne Shackland should be in the squad. Things can change, but if we're discussing it just now, he, he is a guy that uh, I don't think you can deny the opportunity. Well, thank you to Graham, 01419511025. Still plenty of time for your calls. But before the break, let me tell you about this. Yes, Rose was on the school run when she took the Make Me A Winner call that won her £125,000. She's going to use the cash to visit her parents in America and give a donation to her daughter's school. We could make you a winner of £130,000. Not bad, Hugh, is it, on Monday when we make another call. If you win, you'll have the cash in your bank straight away. Imagine what that could do with the Black Friday sales coming up as well. Did Rose complete the school run or should you just give the Wayne's a day off? Yeah, that's a very good point. We'll see you. So they might be going on holiday some point soon, yeah. But if you want to win, you need to be in the draw. We've teamed up with our stations across the UK to bring you this incredible prize. Text yes to 61025. Text are two pounds plus your standard network rate. Uh, enter 
uh, Clyde1.com uh, Online entries are £2 or call 0330-880-4523 Calls are charged at the standard rate Over 18s only All the rules for this network competition are online If you get a call from us after 3 o'clock on Monday Answer it within 5 rings That's important And say, make me a winner straight away Don't say anything else Say, make me a winner To win £130,000 Text yes to 61025 for your chance to win Good luck Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025 is the number you need. We're still reflecting on that Scotland game against Georgia last night, looking ahead to the game against Norway on Sunday night. Any domestic matters you want as well? Give us a call. 0141 951 1025. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I think the two of you will be pleased to know that there's not been any old newspaper interviews that have been dragged <laughs> up after... Did you did you see this last night, Jim? Gordon Diella, an old newspaper interview with him that had been brought up. And the, the answers he gave in it are absolutely ludicrous. Now, he was claiming <laughs> last night that it was not him, but you can make up your own mind as to whether it was or not. I won't go through it all because they did it on last night's show. But, for example... Worst moment in football, going out on a Saturday night and getting home sober and before midnight. <laughs> was so his answer. Most it? embarrassing moment in football, being marked out of the game by Jim Weir of Hearts last month. That guy's murder and I haven't lived it down since. <laughs> in a national newspaper, these yeah. types of things. I mean, what, are, are you, what do you expect? Are you taking that defence that it wasn't him, that it was all photoshopped? No, 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 no. no. no he said every word of it and then denies it later on. But, you know, I feel for him because an old newspaper man's worst yeah. nightmare is when they reproduce some of your mm-hmm. forecasts or some of the headlines. That, mm-hmm. You know, it will be this, it will be that. And, of course, it wasn't. So, the past literally comes back to haunt you. Well, a newspaper writer's dream is a player saying stuff like that to you, though, isn't it? He gave me an interview once, and he, in his car, and he had a second thought about it. And he said, have I been too hard? And I said, oh, not at all. I could see the headlines coming. <laughs> yeah, but no, you, you, listen, we've all done it, you know, particularly years ago, you know, you get interviews or you do things or they ask you do silly things. I can remember one time... An old colleague of yours, Chick Young, oh, yeah. uh, Chick taking me to an, uh, a fairground. It was at the, the, when the Kelvin Hall, where they used to have the the, the Christmas fairground, and I, I sat on a, a, a you know the the merry-go round, as you say. It was a managerial merry-go yeah, round, yeah, yeah. and sat on it. And you, you know you do these type of things, and you do the most ridiculous things at the time. And then 15, 20 years later, somebody has a you know, a video of it or a copy of it and, you know, sends it to you or sends it to someone and just to try and embarrass you. And listen, if, you, if you've been involved in football, you have to be pretty thick-skinned because somewhere along the line, there is something to embarrass you. There's no question about that. Yeah, I think anyone that Gordon DL mentioned in those answers needed thick skin mm. to put up with it. But anyway, let's put you two to the test on the full-time teaser. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Yes, thank you to Kevin Campbell who sent this one in. So it's topical as well, ahead of Sunday's game against Norway. Who are the last five Norwegians to play for each of Celtic and Rangers? So ten answers to get. The last five Norwegians to play for Celtic. The last five to play for Rangers. Christopher Ayer. Christopher Ayer, correct. 
and I can't remember his, his right name, but the big the big holding midfielder for Celtic, but not that long ago, he's about six foot four. Aber Aber G, no, what's his name? Begins with an A, anyways. I know. See, no Norwegian. No, oh, you're thinking mm. of uh, you're thinking of Oliver Abelgard, who was Danish. Was he Danish? Yep. Was it okay? Right, okay. So I've only oh, for it. Is, um, and this is wait a minute, Norwegian. So I think uh, there are some tough ones in yeah. here. By the way, I think you might need a bit of help towards the end, but right. there's, there's still a good few recognised. T- towards the end, need help now because <laughs> <laughs> we're like Chris of Arya. Uh, give us a couple of minutes, and we'll see what we can do. Okay, right. we'll, we'll get back to that one. We will go to the phones to give you some thinking time. Tony is in Springburn. Tony. Uh, do you have some thoughts from last night's game or looking ahead to the game on Sunday? Yeah, um, good, good, uh, good evening, lad. Um, I, I just think Lawrence Shankland should have been picked up years ago by Rangers. Um, I think, totally agree with Jim Duffy. He's went away and developed his career. Um, and he's probably now ready to, to make that step up. Um, and I think... To be honest, I think he could be the difference between Rangers winning the, winning the, the championship. I mean, that's a big statement. It could yeah. be the difference between Rangers winning the, the championship I mean, or not. The, you know, Philippe Clement will have scant knowledge of Lauren Shankland. And I think perhaps, uh, I don't take away from anything that he did last night or has done this season or in seasons gone past, but we're getting a little to the hysterical stage now where you say, yes, bring him in, and that will alter the whole course of the championship where Celtic have an eight-point lead. So if they don't win the championship, is it Lauren Shankland's fault? Uh, I, I I just think there are so many factors at play here. We had the the Hearts caller, Graham, I think his name was yeah. earlier on, who said that he would feel very bad if Hearts got rid of Lauren Shankland in this window, given that they are financially solid and Hearts have things to achieve. Um, but I just think we need to rein it in a little bit it's going too far to say if Rangers get him that will make the difference between winning the title and finishing second to Celtic that's that's going over the top for me yeah we've looked at Lauren Shanklin through a Scotland lens for a lot of this if you look at it from a a Rangers perspective Tony if Rangers are going to go out and spend money in the January transfer window is that the area you think is a priority because Hearts will be holding out for money do you think that that is the area that Rangers will spend money in if they're going to spend money in January or do you think there's maybe other areas that are in more urgent need of repair No I, I, I think the, the striker position for Rangers is a, an area that they need to strengthen um, I think looking at Danilo um, he's got lots of energy likes to run the channels and I think that would free up Lauren Shanklin to, to be in the box where he's prolific that's the thing. Lauren Shankland is also a striker that quite likes having another striker along with him. Someone who maybe occupies defenders or is a more of a penalty box striker because he, he can drop deep and he can, you know, he can create from deep as well. So w- would that be a partnership that, that would work? Would he be able to? Would you be able to play both if that was the case? Listen, there's a, there's a lot of fans who love to see two strikers playing, but there are very few managers who play two strikers unless they play three at the back. You know, so sometimes they play a five three two. But there's, it's not as common as fans would like it to be, and we, we hear this time and time again that you know, you know, a lot of fans will, will like to see too. So, 
Philip Clement to me looks like um, the type of a manager to play a four-two-three-one, which he's he's kind of looks at at this moment in time. And again, he, he he might tweak it. I just think that, as Hugh said, you've got to look at the you know the balance of the team. You've got to look at the squad. You've got to give people time to assess things. Philip Clement is only in the door a few weeks. He will assess the sc- the current squad he's got uh, to see which department. Um, he thinks needs strengthening in the January window, um, and whether that's a another striker, I'll be surprised. I think, uh, you know, if if Kemar Roof gets himself in a position where he can contribute, not week in week out, because we know that's not going to happen with the boys, sadly. But if he can contribute and be, a, you know, a, a part of the options that the manager would like, and uh, his Cyril Dessers, his Danilo. I can't see Rangers bringing in another striker in January. Are the wide areas maybe the the area that Philip Clement might look at because the business that was done by Michael Beale mm. in the summer certainly looked as if it was tailored towards playing a much narrower system. Mm. Michael Beale sort of strayed away mm. from that towards the end of his reign. Philip Clement has come in and is playing with two wingers but doesn't really have the options out there. Rabi Matondo has been injured. Ross McCausland has been playing in the last few weeks. He started his, his first international game tonight for Northern Ireland. They were uh, they lost 4-0 to Finland, but there's maybe not been the, the depth in, in that area that Clement maybe has in other areas. Yeah, again, if, if that's what he wants to play with, I mean, he's brought Scott Wright back into the team a little bit. He looked as if he was on his way out. Seema's on loan, as, you, as we know. Um, McCausland it's great to see young players you know pushing into the squad and I think that's that's a really good positive sign that for young players if they get the opportunity if that's an area if it's one area that you might think he might look at um, um, to see whether he can he can add something in in that department but there'll, there'll be players again that will have to move out I mean Cifuentes when he came in for Michael Beale was, was you know quite a regular starter but under Philip Clement, it doesn't seem to be quite the case. So, you know, that might be something that you might have to look at. There'll be players there that he just doesn't fancy. Just not his cup of tea for one reason or another. Doesn't fancy the way he wants to play his system. Um, that that's that always happens when a new manager comes in. There'll be some guys, like McCausland, for instance, that, that get the nod and jump ahead of, of the pack. And you'll get other guys who fall back a little bit. And ultimately, they, they wouldn't see their, their future there. So there'll be there'll be a bit of tweaking to be done in January, but I don't think it'll be wholesale. Fans don't overly concern themselves with the business model, but Danilo is there, Dessers is there, Roof is there, Sima is there, and they'll be costing a lot. I mean, it's been revealed this week that Rangers' wage bill is bigger than Celtic, um, so that would have to come into play as well because you know you. you Danilo's not going anywhere or Dessers or Sima so we might have to say to Philippe Clement ah, not not sure we can bring in another striker for a seven figure sum yeah this is all hypothetical as well but if it came to January and there was an offer on the table from whatever club from Lauren Shankland is it something he would need to think long and hard about given the fact that there is a major tournament six months away would he have a lot of thinking to do in terms of well do I go to a club where I'm maybe not guaranteed the game time? Do I go to a club where I'm not the main man and you know expected to flourish week in, week out? It could potentially hamper his chances. Or as a striker, would he you know take on whatever challenge and think you know back himself that he could do it at whatever level and get into Steve Clark's squad by doing it? There? Hey, you've got to back yourself. 
uh, I don't think there's any question about that. They will believe that he's good enough to, you know, grab the, you know, the starting jersey no matter where he goes. But that's not always the case. I mean, the the bigger clubs have bigger squads. I, I think nowadays, when you hear, um, you know, a, a lot of people saying, "Oh, the manager doesn't know his best eleven I think at the very top now they might not have a best eleven You know, they might have a best sixteen, seventeen at times. You know, because, the, you know, the the the. If they've got European games, if, if they're you know domestic games, if they're challenging for trophies, if, if the players are an international level, then they look at all these things now, and um, you know they 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 play the game, the, the the players that they believe are good enough for the particular game ahead of them. If it's someone like Lauren Shankland who we're discussing tonight an awful lot, then it really depends on him. You know, does he see that opportunity to go to a bigger club? the realisation of, 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 of his ambition or does he look at Hearts and think, well, I'm at a big club, I'm captain, I'm pretty much nailed on, guaranteed, playing week in, week out. Is this, you know, w- where my ambition should be? So I think it all just depends on the player and, and I think it'd be wrong, certainly wrong of me to try and second guess what, what the player's ambitions are. He's at a big club and I don't think we should shy away from the fact that Hearts are, you know, as, as you said t- tonight, you look at the figures that they've just released in terms of the, um, you know, the financial figures. That tells you that is a that is a big club. Well, thank you to Tony. Let's squeeze Malcolm in before the break. Malcolm, what's your thoughts tonight? Uh, a couple of points. First point was Nate uh, phoning up uh, to disagree with Jam. Like, but I thought Zandar Clark was uh, a bit wanting for the the second goal. He's been he's, he's had a couple of them for Hearts this season, but he's. Positional sense is slightly out. I don't know if a couple of games or a, a run in the team and make a difference, but my point being, if uh, in six months' time, if Craig Gordon's fit, I'd be picking him in the plane instead. Yeah, I suppose it all really comes down to how Craig Gordon returns from his injury yeah. because it was a significant injury. The progress he's made certainly has, has been very good so far. You know, it didn't take long at all until he was no. back in the gym following a broken leg, but time will tell how how his full recovery is. Exactly. I, I commend him for his bravery. He's at a stage in his life uh, where most people might have taken the opportunity to to bow out having picked up an awful injury like Craig did. Uh, but he has to prove himself all over again. Whether he's 40 years old or not, he has to prove himself all over again. And to go back to Malcolm's point about the goal, the second goal scored by Georgia last night, I think sometimes we're too quick to overlook the quality of the player and the quality of the finish. But there's an inclination to rush towards the goalkeeper and say, I could have got that. I genuinely thought it was a fantastic strike and fully deserving of a goal and I don't think it was in any way the fault of Xander Clark Malcolm where do Liam Kelly and Robbie McCrory lie in all this for you? Kelly's uh, been uh, some, uh, as a shortstop has been outstanding over the last couple of years but uh, my, my chain of thought was uh, I'd rather have uh, Ross McCrory young goalie and get him get Craig Gordon working with him get the Scotland staff working with him bring him up that way so he could be part the team, Steve Clark likes that thing that brings people in, be part of the team. Well, he's a young lad, let him be there. I mean, Robbie McCrory, if he is to... How tough a job has he got going to the Euros? Because if Liam Kelly and Xander Clark and Angus Gunn are there, potentially Craig Gordon back in the scene, and Robbie McCrory is still at Rangers, not 
playing games does he look completely out of the picture for you for next summer yeah sadly I don't think that in, unless he, unless he goes on loan perhaps in January um, and gets himself more first team football he hasn't enough he, unless he, he done well that spell towards uh, uh, the end of last season but you know Jack Butland's the, the, the absolute number one at Rangers now and uh, you know he has to fight for his place so I, I just can't see any way um, that McCrory can fight his way in there unless there's an injury to one of those other goalkeepers or significant loss of form um, Craig Gordon as we know that you know he'll do everything but he has to then establish himself as the Hearts number one before he can do um, look to compete uh, in the Scotland set up yeah I mean listen you know that that's that's the nature of, of, of competitive football at the top level there's always going to be top players that you've got to fight for and then you've got the choice of the manager, the preference of the manager and the style that he wants to play. Sometimes you can have someone that the vast majority of people like, like but the manager thinks, well, that's not my style, so therefore I, I prefer someone else. Um, but I, I still disagree with Michael. I, I say that I don't think he had any chance. I think that defending was really poor. I think we showed the player inside on his strong right foot. He's bent it in the far corner. You know, for me, I, I, I think it's very harsh to suggest that he, he should have saved that. Well, thank you to Malcolm. A bit of work to do on this full-time teaser. The question is, ahead of Sunday's game, who are the last five Norwegians to play for each of Celtic and Rangers? So we're looking for ten answers. You've only got one so far. And Christopher Ayer? Eric Sviatchenko. Eric Sviatchenko? No. Is <laughs> back, back He's in the Danish day. as well. It's back, back in the day, Tori Andy Flo. Tori Andre Flo, correct. We Harold are going that far back. And Harold yes. Bratback? No, we are not going that far back for Celtic. All right. Um, is Carol Starfield, is he Norwegian? Uh, Swedish. Oh, he's Swedish, right. El Yunusi? Uh, yeah. Mohamed El Yunusi, yes, it's a real test of yeah. your Scandinavian knowledge. Yeah, here, I guess I'm saying, yeah, you're pick, picking ones, because I'm, I'm thinking other ones there. I know they're Swedish, so I'm trying so to... So El Yunusi is a correct answer? El Yunusi is correct, right. Christopher Ayer is correct. And Flo is... Tori Andre Flo is Flo correct. Is correct, and Ayer's right, so we've only got three. So it's five Celtic five. and five Rangers. Yes, ten, ten answers in total. You've got three. I'll take one more potential mm. guess from each of you. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you won't. Not right. at the moment. Was Albi in the Yeti or Norwegian? No. He yeah. is Austrian. Austrian. Oh, Swiss. Sorry, Swiss. Okay. Yes. We'll hopefully get the rest of those after <laughs> yeah, the next exactly. break. Hopefully. Don't rely on it. Clyde mm. One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard and this teaser <laughs> is really testing the two of you ahead right. of Sunday's game who are the last five Norwegians to play for Celtic and Rangers so ten answers in total you've got three so far Tori Andre Flo Christopher Ayer and Mo Elianusi uh, Stefan Johansson Stefan Johansson yes there we go the boy home who's currently playing just now Odin Thiago Odin, home correct Thiago. so that is four Celtic players you've got just one Rangers player the Rangers ones are definitely tougher Henningberg Henningberg that is a good shout you do need to go further mm. back for the Rangers one I'll That's give you a couple me. of clues I'm, I'm you're back to, you. <laughs> back no to 1999 for the Rangers ones 2014 is the only Celtic one you've got left I'll give you I'll give you some time towards the end of the show, but there is still still a bit of work to be done. There was a story that broke just before we went on air today, and it was one of Scottish football's favourite subjects, tickets. Yeah. Um of course there was 
a bit of drama during the week about Aberdeen releasing their tickets for the League Cup final. There was some speculation that potentially anyone could have bought them so that some Rangers fans had claimed they'd gone on and been able to buy tickets for the Aberdeen end. It was looked into, investigated by Aberdeen. They've now released a statement. They've admitted that human error was at fault and it allowed Rangers fans to buy tickets for their end at Hamden for the League Cup final. The story is the tickets went on general sale. Aberdeen didn't have the sort of standard protocols in place that stop non-Aberdeen fans from buying Aberdeen tickets. That includes buyers having a significant purchase history behind them. So tickets bought from accounts without that proof have now been cancelled and will be refunded. So there will actually be some Aberdeen fans affected by this, ones that maybe haven't bought tickets in recent times. The club have apologised for that. They do say it's a a small number. Alan Burrows has put out quite a big statement of his own. There was the, the club statement on the website. Alan Burrows has put out his own statement on Twitter as well essentially holding their hands up and saying, look, this was human error. It was it was our fault. We're going to correct it. And all the replies from Aberdeen fans, certainly a lot of them, were quite positive because, yes, it is an error from Aberdeen, but fans do like that transparency. Alan Burrows was always very good at it at yeah. Motherwell. And once again, he's, oh, he's showing that at Aberdeen. He's held his hand up, down to him, and it won't happen again. Uh, but safety, security is of paramount importance. Everyone knows that Rangers-Aberdeen, and particularly in a cup final, is a highly sensitive fixture. And you cannot have rival fans in the wrong area. And so Aberdeen very quickly owned up to the mistake, will take action to make sure that Rangers fans are not in their end, uh, as Rangers would do where Aberdeen fans at their end of the ground. So it's been human error. It's not a massive mistake because, as Alan Burrows has pointed out, it's a very small number of tickets involved. Best to come clean and make sure we all have a safety. Is that sometimes all clubs can do is when there is a mistake like that, hold their hands up, admit, you know, there was human error. They don't want to, to really blame anyone, but they have to say, you know, it was a mistake on our part and we are sorry, apologise, and they're making those moves now to correct it. Yeah, and some other fields should be say that uh, people aren't quite as transparent. You know, they try and, uh, you know, hide errors that they've made. So I think in football, it is good. I think that they know that, um, you know, that safety is a is a, a paramount. And I think that's what, um, you know, Alan's come out and done. You know, he knows that they've made a mistake. They've tried to rectify it. I think, the you know, the, the good thing is it was done early enough and uh, hopefully um, there's no damage done. And also, we, we you know, we... We know that there was a lot of debate in the programme about the amount of tickets that was getting issued and should it be a 50-50 split and all these kind of things. But Aberdeen have shown that they are, um, you know, that they've sold all their allocation and it will be a, a huge Aberdeen following down there and um, believing that their team can, can win the Cup in, in, in a couple of weeks' time and uh, I'll, I'll make for a, a fantastic atmosphere on the day. Of a positive nature, the fact that Aberdeen have sold as many tickets as they have done and... Furthermore, say they could have sold even more than that. Uh, I think it's a tremendous show of faith from the Aberdeen supporters because you, Andrew, Jim and me were in the studio on Sunday when Aberdeen lost 6-0 to Celtic and they were hammered. And so I think it's a tremendous show of appreciation from the Aberdeen supporters that they've bought as many tickets as they have done. 
Yeah, a couple of other stories before, because we are running out of time. Scotland's under-21s 2-0 up at half-time oh. against Belgium. Under-21s, Lyle Cameron bagging the second goal as well. There was a Northern Ireland debut for Ross McCausland tonight, which, you know, international recognition is, is great for any player 20 years old. Clearly, Michael O'Neill has recognised what he's, he's done for Rangers and that can always help a player's development is, is getting that international recognition. Yeah, and again, he's, he's getting a different uh, environment uh, in amongst those senior players. Um, listen, it was a baptism of fire. You know, they lost heavily to, to, to Finland. Um, but he's, 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 he's really accelerated uh, over the last few weeks in terms of um, his progression. And, uh, you know, hopefully he continues to do that. Um, he, he, there, there will be a little dip probably somewhere along the line. But at this moment in time, he's, uh, he's, he, he's, he's an exciting young talent with a lot of potential. Yeah, we, you know what, we need to get on with this teaser, I think, because we've not got <laughs> no. long left. And it is a tough one ahead of Sunday's game where the last five Norwegians to play for both Celtic and well not both Celtic and Rangers each of Celtic and Rangers yeah, so five, five. Uh, the last five Norwegians to play for Celtic the last five to play for Rangers you have Henningberg Tori Andre Flo Odin Thiago Holm Christopher Ayer Mohamed El Yunusi and Stefan Johansson so it means you have four to get three from Rangers one from Celtic any ideas at all? I've got none whatsoever so the Celtic one is he's got a big beard scored against Celtic I'm sure for Malmo in a European match no a Norwegian with a big beard and that's supposed to be a clue <laughs> uh, the Vikings for Rangers a couple of them I'm just going to have to rule out to get, be perfectly honest with you because they, they are there's a striker 2003-2004 he was there yeah. not a success at all you're going to, you're EO going to... are the initials no. Eagle Austinstead Austinstead correct uh, the right. Celtic one J-I-B are the initials Joe Inga Berge, correct. The other two, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the other two. Right, Thomas Kin Bendixson, who oh, was a youth player Tam. at Rangers. Right, Tam. And, get Tam? and another Tam, Thomas Meyer, the goalkeeper on yeah, loan yeah. in 1999, played three Can't league believe games. Never got there. Three games. Come on, guys. He played three games. Roger Hanna with the struggle. I'll tell you that. But unfortunately, that is all we have time for tonight. Thank you very much for listening in and getting involved. We're back from Monday from 6 pm. Remember, if you want to catch up on the show, you can listen back wherever you get your podcast or you can watch the whole thing back on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter by searching Clyde1SSB Stay right there though because it is the perfect way to see in your weekend The GBX is up next <laughs>